kids at a really, really young age, um, they don't see these differences. Mm. Um, they're pure. There's no isms. There's no assumptions. There's very, there's this aspect, you're a human, I'm a human, let's play together. And if if a blind kid is not able to, for instance, play in a certain, or is having a, there's a challenge, for instance, playing soccer, younger kids figure out how to play together. There isn't um, an otherness. When they grow up, the, the older kids that we have, that's when we do see the otherness. Absolutely. And it's because of the narrative they've been exposed to back in their own communities. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Let's Give a Damn. My name is Nick Lapara. Every single week on this podcast, I aim to share the stories of amazing damn givers from all walks of life and from all over the world so that you'll be inspired to give more dams than ever before. If you're listening from the United States, I hope you're truly enjoying a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Many of you will be listening to this as you road trip to and from meals and gatherings with family and friends. I hope it's a time of unity and gratitude. Also, don't buy stuff you don't need on Black Friday. Please, please, please. In the weeks leading up to the middle of December, we'll be doing something a little bit different. I've partnered with my friends at the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton Global Initiative to bring you the stories of four young leaders that have graduated from their CGIU program and have gone on to create meaningful and beautiful projects, companies, or organizations. And while I was at CGIU 2018 a few weeks ago in Chicago, I caught up with Chelsea Clinton and asked her to fill me in on why these young leaders are at CGIU who they are, and what CGIU is all about. So before I introduce today's guest, here is friend of the podcast, fellow damn giver, and the queen of civil discourse herself, Chelsea Clinton. Welcome back. Thanks thank for you. being a return guest, albeit very briefly, to the well, podcast. thank you, Nick, so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be back. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so what is, for those listening on the podcast, what is CGIU and what particularly is happening this week at CGIU 2018? So CGIU, we're, this is our 11th CGIU, and it's the Clinton Initiative uh, University, and we kind of bring together young change makers from around the world. So this weekend, we have more than 1,100 students um, from more than 100 countries representing more than 300 colleges and universities. And while the majority are undergrads, we also have quite a few graduate students. Uh, you know, even here from the University of Chicago, we have students from the college, from the School of Public Health, from the medical school, the law school. And what um, kind of unifies all the students is that every student comes individually or uh, often even more commonly collectively with you know two or three others with a commitment, with a real um, action plan or kind of in more corporate language, like a business plan for how they're going to scale what they're already doing or how they're going to start something that they want to do, whether that is getting rid of food waste on their college campus or figuring out how to get healthcare to every homeless person in Florida or how to ensure that um, every kind of young kid in elementary and middle school here on the south side of Chicago ultimately has access to kind of um, public speaking and debate skills coaching. So just anything that kind of you could think of as a challenge that you might have seen like in your own school or community experience, someone at CGIU this year, maybe in years past, is trying to tackle in a new and innovative way, innovative way in their own lives. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. And how many years? So this is our 11th. 11th year. So what is the the effect, the aftermath? You went into a little bit of it, but if you could quantify or put metrics to it, what is the aftermath of this amazing event once they get released out into the world? <laughs> Back as into the were? world. Yeah. Um, well, one effect is that we have this incredibly um, robust alumni network um, that you know, is more than 10,000 strong, like after this weekend. And um, we try to help facilitate alums to stay not only kind of in touch with people that they met this weekend, but also to connect with previous CGIU alums, because oftentimes they can not only kind of learn from each other's experiences, how do you scale, how do you start to manage a team once kind of you're the entrepreneur who mm. can't do it alone. So things like that is also like, some of the younger CGIU students helping some of the kind of, you know, older, although I'm, I'm still older than all of them, so that kind of feels strange to say, but like, you know, some of the yeah, ones right. from more years past to think mm -hmm. like, how do you use social media? So it's a really amazing, like catalytic and collaborative network across the alums from kind of different generations of, of CGIU classes. And, um, more than half of the students continue to send us their progress reports, which is really exciting. So to your point about, um, kind of quantification. We have a real sense of, you know, now the thousands of commitments that have been made, the impact um, that they're having. And, you know, some students have really focused on, like, I want to help, like, every um, girl who went to my high school to figure out how to navigate applying for scholarships in the way that I was really thankfully successfully able to do. And so you have some people who say, like, I've now helped, like, 30 girls in my school. And then you have, you know, other people who have helped you know, weed out um, like literally hundreds of thousands of like fake drugs in West Africa. Right? Yeah. So you have different scales of impact, but it's all profoundly important because it's every commitment is helping affect like real people's lives in very real and tangible ways. Yeah, and then I was just talking with Christine Schindler and she was saying how that she's been here for, you know, coming back for many, many years. And now and she she's was on first stage. here in 2012. Right, yeah. yeah, so now she's talking on stage and she's seeing and meeting, seeing people that she's mentored. And so you have that kind of like, they're growing up together and they're not leading each other. So that's gotta be really, it's really meaningful. Cool. So how can Let's Give a Damn listeners, they're gonna be listening to five weeks of interviews from this event. How can they support these young people? So I think uh, if they're really inspired by the individual young people, I hope that they'll support them directly. Yeah. Right. And because, you know, Christine is a great example. I mean, she has both the work that she started at CGIU to help, you know, initially when she was at Duke, um, kind of middle school girls kind of from the communities I'm sure she talked about, like get involved in engineering projects. So they understood like engineering was about like making things and making things better and wasn't kind of this scary thing. Yep. And now she's scaled that to multiple chapters at multiple colleges and universities around the country. Like if you're really inspired by that, um, like reach out to her and I'm sure she can help you like give time or expertise or if you are able and interested like financial support to help start a chapter in a school that may not have one or help expand a chapter if there's a school that you care about kind of nearby. So I think there are really tangible ways um, to be involved. And if you're interested in kind of CGIU broadly, like we're always looking for for mentors and new partners. I mean, we're thrilled to have kind of for the first time this year, IBM here to really help um, cool. provide like some of their like best like tech leads who are literally here spending time with students who have like more tech-based projects. You know, these students now have access to like 
three days worth of these IBM That's incredible. Like, technologists who are telling them like, this is really feasible, this is maybe not feasible, here's a better way to think about it. So if you have like energy and expertise and you're willing to spend a weekend with us, like get in touch and we'll invite you next year. Awesome, well, you're awesome. Thanks wow. for all the work that you do and Thank thanks you, for Nick. joining me again well, on the podcast. Thanks for coming. So friends, my guest today is Sarah Minkara. Sarah is a Lebanese-American Muslim woman who lost her sight at the age of seven. When I met her, I thought of this John Milton quote. He said, to be blind is not miserable. Not to be able to bear blindness, that is miserable. Sarah is not miserable. In fact, she's the opposite of miserable. Sarah has used her ability to her advantage to create beautiful things that tangibly help people all over the world. Sarah is the founder and CEO of ETI, or Empowerment Through Integration, a nonprofit committed to developing a more inclusive society by empowering young people with disabilities and transforming the stigma against disability globally. I loved my short but very meaningful conversation with her. She is an absolute gem of a human, a new hero of mine for sure. So without further ado, let's hear from Sarah Minkara. I have Sarah Minkara here with me today. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Nick. Thank you so much for being here. You just got off the main stage a few minutes ago or sometime this afternoon. How, how was that experience? Um, it was great. Um, it was five of us who are alum, um, CGIU commitment alums, um, and with President Clinton. So it was great. It was um, nerve wracking a bit, but um, also inspiring to be in a room full of students who are um, excited to be working on their own projects and commitments. Yes. Well, I'm excited to get into your projects and commitments. Before we get into that, though, share some of your story just so we can have, I don't, we know we don't have a ton of time. I'd love to talk forever and ever, but we don't have a ton of time. Share the, the people, places, and things that shaped you and kind of, I guess, propelled you into the kind of work that you're doing. So before we get into the work, let's talk about you. Okay, definitely. Um, so uh, my story, um, when I was seven years old, I woke up one day and I was, I became blind. You know, I went in world world from being able to see to not being able to see. Um, but I was able to live a very quote unquote normal life, very mainstream life um, because of my parents, my parents who really pushed me to tap into my potential. They did not allow me to see my blindness as a disability. I went to the regular public school systems. I, I lived my life fully. I went to college, grad school, you know, the whole nine wow. yard. Um, so yes, there's challenges, but when you're empowered, you're able to really tackle the challenges that come your way. But we used to visit Lebanon during the summers. That's where my, where my parents are originally, originally from. And when we used to go there, that's when I was exposed to a different narrative, a different reality, a reality where your disability is seen as something negative, as something to be ashamed of, hmm. as a charity case. And I used to hate it and it used to be very disempowering. And I used to think to myself, if I lived that narrative my whole life, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And unfortunately, most kids with disabilities, whether in Lebanon or across the world, or even parts of here in the U.S., are living that disempowerment, disempowering um, narrative. And because of that, they're marginalized, their potential is not being tapped into, and society is losing out on that value. And so let's talk about what you're doing about that then. So so this, uh, the Clinton Global Initiative University and the things you, it's all about turning ideas into action, right? And you have clearly done that. So how have you done that? Let's talk about empowerment through integration. Yeah, so it started off, um, and it started off with a CGIU commitment. It started off 
um, running a integrated summer camp in northern Lebanon, Tripoli, Lebanon. It's called Camp Rafiki, and it was bringing together blind and sighted kids, so kids with and without disabilities. And the purpose was of this camp, you know, was for kids through playing together, learn together. They would tackle the stigmas together. They would learn the value of inclusion. It was a very successful program, very, very successful. The kids loved it, the parents loved it, the community loved it, but I realized that there's a more there's more to it than that you know the, what's causing the stigma what's really how do we I tackle it and i realized that on one hand i need to work with the kids with disabilities to really build their independent skills build their confidence empower them and empower them to believe that not only can i belong in society but i can contribute so we've developed this wide range of programs there's six programs that build on one another and we work with blind kids and giving them the life skills to, to really be independent. We work with families because families are also important. We want to make sure that kids, when they go back home, they're in an empowering narrative, not a disempowering narrative. So we developed a holistic set of programs that tackle the, the issue from a systemic point of view. Then we also realize that we don't want this to lay on the shoulders or the burden of the kids. Mm. You know, it's not fair or the parents. So it's important for society as well to embrace disability, embrace it in a positive way. And that's why we've designed another set of programs called the integration programs where we do these trainings, these inclusion trainings for corporations, government, nonprofit, and academic institutions. It's really fascinating you talk about that summer camp that brought both kids with disabilities and kids that didn't together because that isn't the norm. Mm -mm. You have you have you know, that camp, right? The one over there for the kids with disabilities mm -hmm. and we kind of separate them, right? Mm -hmm. What have you seen firsthand, the benefits of that, these kids coming together to actually try to figure out these hard, you know, th there, there are some, some, there are differences, physical, emotional, all these differences, right? What have you seen happen in that context? I think what I've seen is that, to be honest, kids at a really, really young age, um, they don't see these differences. Mm. Um, they're pure. There's no isms. There's no assumptions. There's very, there's this aspect, you're a human, I'm a human, let's play together. And if if a blind kid is not able to, for instance, play in a certain, is having a, there's a challenge, for instance, playing soccer, younger kids figure out how to play together. There isn't um, an otherness. When they grow up, the, the older kids that we have, that's when we do see the otherness. Absolutely. And it's because of, the narrative they've been exposed to back in their own communities, right? So ultimately, and that's why we really focus on this inclusion aspect is we want to, it's a dual issue, right? Kids with disabilities have been raised in a way that they don't believe that they belong in society. They believe there's something wrong with them, sure. something to be fixed, and that they're less than. So there's that thing that we need to, there's one aspect where we need to empower them and break the stigma in them. And on the other hand, the kids without disabilities, we teach them that just because you do something differently doesn't mean one is better than the other, right? So mm -hmm. um, it's very, at the end of the day, through these educational recreational activity in a setting where there's, we try to say no judgment, it's very beautiful, the impact. If you could snap your fingers and make anything happen, what would the future, what would your future look like in terms of the work that you're doing? Like, what would, what do you really want to happen here? The ideal long-term vision, which is very ambitious, mm -hmm. is a world where we create no assumptions of other except for one assumption, that I expect something beautiful from you and beautiful from myself. Mm. And if we come to a point in life where that's, that's the assumptions that we create about each other, we move towards true inclusion and belonging and true empowerment. 
But unfortunately, that's not human nature. Yep. I judge, you judge, we all judge. Mm-hmm. I judge through my hearing. And it's a life journey. It's a journey where I want every single individual to really take a step back and on one hand, embrace all of their identities, whether they see them as negative or positive, lay them out and see the see the strength behind all the identities. Like for instance, I say, my blindness is a strength. It's mm. an asset. I love it. It's made me who I am. Mm. But I only came to a point because I was empowered to come to that point. So I want every single individual to embrace all of their identities. On the other hand, I want every single individual to delay their assumptions and have just one assumption. That's it. beautiful. I, <laughs> I am with you in that vision for the world. I hope that you know we or our children you know get to see that come to pass. How has uh, CGI helped you uh, um, as you've developed and grown and matured? So CGIU, I would, I will say it's the entity that believed in being one. It was a crazy idea. Mm. Uh, and I, it, we, we were, we were talking about that earlier with Chelsea Clinton, um, in the room. And she's like, cause we're, a lot of us were like, yeah, you guys believed in us when everyone thought else, uh, everyone else thought we were crazy. And I think that belief that in our commitment, um, really pushed us to, take that risk. And then coming to these CGIUs as a young student and seeing other individuals motivated and passionate about their own causes, that energy really helps you um, re-energize and and kind of pushes you forward. And I think that community in itself helps you continue because moving forward, because to be honest, work in the social um, social sector and the to make a social impact is hard work when yes. you want to lead a project or organization yeah. it's really tough so you know, it's always nice to have a community where you can lean on absolutely that's a good segue into this next question uh, this my podcast called the let's give a damn podcast it's mm-hmm. trying to help people figure out their way right because all of our ways are different we all yes. doing different things so everybody that's listening either is already doing it or wants to do it they've got there's some attraction to listen right yes why is it important for everyone to give a damn in in the context of cgiu why is it important for everyone to find an idea their idea and turn it into action um and not just some there's a phrase that i read in victor frankel's book and mm. he was saying that we always look at life in terms of what we expect from life you know, um, and we always have expectations of life and that's how we move forward. But when you turn it around and you reflect on what does life expect from us, um, we find a purpose. And when you find a purpose in life, you're, you are able to live a very, very fulfilling, um, journey. So I think when you find your own purpose, because every single one of us, has a strength, has a unique strength that we can contribute to society. When we recognize that and match it to a cause that we're passionate about and that we're connected to, it makes a huge difference and it can create a ripple effect. And um, and I've seen it through ETI. I mean, like when I started it, it was a very small idea and turned it into an action and it was really small. And then we, we continued growing and I built a team and I built a network and you know and we're creating a difference in many different ways and I think it just that ripple effect is priceless and I think it's also um it's also a responsibility because I was privileged to have had that support I have to give it back in some ways too so what are you really really excited about right now that could be personal or in your work what's really exciting to you right now one thing that we're, I'm really excited about, especially within my work, um, we've, as I mentioned, we've developed this new integrations program and we do these in the dark um, experiences um, for mm. companies and, and other entities. And it's not simulation of blindness, actually, we're against simulation of disability. 
Um, but we've been able to really um, serve a wide range of different types of clients and um, entities. And I think it's given us a way to really spread our impact in a different way. And I, I, I'm excited for the future because we've been gaining lots of traction. And I think, and we've been able to work with a wide range of companies ranging from like Airbnb to the UAE Embassy to Harvard University to, you know, a wide range of entities. And I think it's a way to kind of bring that um that narrative's change. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap up with a big question, the big question in my mind. Uh, Sarah, you're going to die someday. I will too. All of us will. It's inevitable. So what do you want your legacy to be? In a few sentences, what's the big idea? What would you want to leave behind as your legacy? I would want for, even if it's just one kid, um, children out there, children with disabilities or children who are marginalized, um, to have been able to tap into their potential because of what ETA has been able to reach them. And I think that potential, being able to, to love themselves and love their who they are, um, even if it's just one child, I feel like that's the legacy I wanna leave behind. Well, I think you're well, well on your way to doing that. So thank you for the work that you're doing and will continue to do. Uh, Sarah, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. This was a real pleasure. Of course, thank you, Nick. Be encouraged, my friends. What an amazing story and an incredible human. Sarah, thanks for joining us. To find more information and all web and social media links for this podcast conversation and all the others, go to podcast.letsgiveadam.com. One more time, that's podcast.letsgiveadam.com. Thanks for all the ways you continue to support this show, listeners. You're helping us keep the lights on, as it were. Well, to be honest, some of the lights. Keep up the good work. Tell a friend, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and you can also give $1 a month or $5 a month to help us continue the work by visiting patreon.com forward slash let's give a damn. That's patreon.com slash let's give a damn. This podcast episode, as always, was edited and produced by the incredible Chad Snavely. The music is by our brilliant friend, Propaganda. Thank you so much for joining me. It means the world. I love you all. Can't wait to spend more time with you next week. Peace.